Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello, passionate listeners. Welcome to Passion Harvest. I'm and Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. I can't believe I've got such an exciting guest to share with you today. His name is David Icke. David is a self described as the most controversial speaker in the world. He has spent 30 years uncovering the truth behind world affairs. David has attracted a global following that cuts across the political spectrum. We live in extraordinary times with billions bewildered and seeking answers for what is happening. David Icke is an English writer and public speaker, best known for his views on what he calls who and what is really controlling the world. He is the author of over 20 books and has lectured in over 25 countries. Through his writings, David has developed a worldview that combines new age spiritualism with a denunciation of totalitarian trends. In 1990, David visited a psychic who he said told him he'd been placed on earth for a purpose and will begin to receive messages from the spirit world. This is his story and this is his passion. David, welcome to Passion Harvest. Thank you. Um, you'll, uh, you'll notice um, I'm, I'm in England in the summer because it's so dark. I've got a window here and I've got two lights on <laughs> and it's still dark. It's, um, it's uh, a... a a nice English winter's day in August. Well, it's dark where I am too. And we're colour coordinated, <laughs> which oh, we yes. just discovered. I love that. Um, I, have, I have so many questions in this time that we're, time frame that we have, but I guess if you wouldn't mind starting with your spiritual awakening, a brief background and summary for us. Well, when I was a kid uh, growing up in the 1950s and, uh, and into the 1960s, I... I had this feeling, goodness knows why, that um, I was here to do something. And I thought for a, a while that it was to be a professional footballer because that's where my life took me when yeah. I was growing up. And I became a professional footballer, but then arthritis um, finished my career at 21. And my second passion in my childhood was um, journalism. I was always reading newspapers uh, and uh, watching the news, etc. And so when my football career was, well, was deleted by the arthritis, I set about becoming a journalist. I became a newspaper journalist, a uh, radio journalist, and a television journalist and presenter with the BBC. And during the 1980s, I was, um, I was getting more and more, um, you know, um, tired of the, the corporate media world and its... Um, vacuous insincerity and um, I started to get interested in environmental things because I was seeing areas that I grew up with being destroyed and um, so I joined the Green Party uh, just as a member and um, within eight weeks I, I was a national spokesman for the British Green Party I mean it was ridiculous wow. uh, but when I um, got involved in politics and by this time I was um, a, a national uh, a presenter with the BBC. Um, I, I realised that, you know, politics is not going to change anything because uh, it's a game and uh, it's not about uh, making positive change. It's about playing a game and uh, getting one over on your political opponents is more important than doing something positive for the, the community, the population. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was out of that pretty quick. Uh, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I was, I was, um, I was tired of the, uh, the media world. And then um, in, what would it be? 1989, early 1989, I started getting this very strange um, experience of if I was in a room alone, it was like someone else was there. And this built up through 1989 and got more and more tangible until the spring of 1990, when I found myself sitting on a, a bed in a uh, empty hotel room, far from me, 
just across from where uh, the BBC uh, television centre is. And this presence was so tangible that I said out into the room, um, if there's something there, would you please contact me? Because you're driving me up the wall. And then a few days later, I was about five minutes walk from where I'm sitting. Um, and um, with my son, Gareth, big strapping lad now, but he was a little boy then. And um, it, someone stopped me outside a newsagent shop to talk about football because I was, you know, uh, I was doing sport for the BBC. Yeah. And then when that conversation was over, I couldn't find Gaz, but I knew where he was. He was in the, 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 the newsagent shop uh, looking at the books. And so, uh, well, the, the steam train books. And because um, we like steam trains. And I, I walked in and um, I said, come on, guys, we'll go up the town and get some lunch. Uh, and um, it was like, well, the atmosphere changed. Let me put it that way. Um, what I would understand it as now, well, I've got a clue, <clears throat> sorry, a clue then, was it was an electromagnetic field suddenly kind of uh, was around me. And um, my feet were kind of being pulled to the, to the ground, like, like, they were standing on magnets. And um, I just heard this, it wasn't a voice, but it was a very strong uh, thought form that wasn't generated by me consciously at all, which said, go and look at the books on the far side. And um, I think this is March, 1990. So I, I go over in a bewildered state, wondering what the heck is going on. And I knew what, I knew that bookshop. It, it was actually a tourist shop, sold newspapers and a few books. And uh, the, where I was heading was where they sold their romantic novels, Barbara Cartland and all that stuff. Um, but when I got there, there was one book in among all the others, which was different. And it was called Mind to Mind. And it was a, a, a woman's face on the front called Betty Shine. And I picked it up and I turned it over and I, I read the blurb and I saw the word psychic, that she was a British psychic. And this was basically the story of, of her life and how she worked. Um, and all this, the psychic stuff was new to me. Um, but I just spent the last year feeling this presence around me and not understanding what the heck is going on. So I bought the book, read it in 24 hours, contacted her, went to see her. And I saw her four times in a, quite a short period. Um, and first two times, because uh, the reason I, I, I said I was going to her, because I didn't want to tell her what was happening to me, if she was going to pick it up, she was going to pick it up uh, without any prompting from me, uh, was that I had arthritis and her hands-on healing, which she also did, uh, uh, might help. Uh, so the first two times, hands-on healing, nice chat, which I found fascinating. And the third time I went, um, I'm, I'm sitting on this, uh, this medical-type bench in her uh, room, at her house, uh, not far from Brighton on the south coast of England. And um, I felt like a spider's web on my face, which again, I now know was an electromagnetic field. The same kind of electromagnetic field that makes the hairs on your neck stand up when you're in an excited crowd and they're generating lots of, um, uh, of energy and um, frequency. So you were feeling and, energy to, to some yeah, extent. But, I, I, but, but you know, I, I'm new to all this at the time. I don't know what's going on. Uh, and um, so, but what struck me is I'd read in her book that when um, other um, levels of reality are trying to lock into you, mm -hmm. you, you feel like you can feel, not always, but you can feel like a spider's web on your face. Uh, this electromagnetic field, you know, um, making contact with the skin, the skin, the skin is, is an antenna. Um, it's why things like 5G are so dangerous. But um, so I, I, this was going through my mind. My goodness me, I read about this in her book. I never said a word of her. And about uh, 10, 15 seconds later, she launches her head back. She's got her hand doing hands-on healing on my left knee. And um, she said, my God, this is powerful. I've got to close my eyes for this one. And um, she then related that some um, entity, which she had a, a visual image of, was uh, asking her to pass on to me that I was going to go out on a world stage and reveal great secrets. Um, that there was um, a story that had to be told, that huma humanity basically had to understand um, what was actually going on around them when, you know, 
they, they couldn't currently see. Uh, and uh, of course, it, well, this is new to me. Uh, and you did, probably didn't believe it at the time. On every level. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, part of me was going, what? And part <laughs> of me knew it, knew it was true. Um, and, and, and so while the, you know, the, if you like the conscious mind part of me was, um, was going, Oh my, what, what, you, you, what, what, another part of me was at peace with it because it was almost, yeah, I know about this. It's but, almost that it had already happened. Well, I, I guess, you know, with time and, um, yeah. I've got so many questions, so I better we, we could just dive into so many things. So we'll just keep going on. Anything's possible, but um, so uh, um, and that I was going to be led to knowledge, and at other times knowledge will be put into my mind, and lots of other things which I've I've described in the book. Mm -hmm. So after um, what one one line I remember was that one man cannot change the world, but one man can communicate the message that can change the world. Because it's all about information. And um, so anyway, from that moment, my life became this synchronistic adventure of walking into information, personal experience, documents, books, people, etc. Which were, it was like um, an unseen force was handing me puzzle pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, actually, all virtually in the order that you could most easily assimilate them and understand where they went. And it's like a, a jigsaw puzzle. The more pieces you put into place, the more the picture emerges, the quicker you put the other pieces into place because you can see what's going on. Uh, and uh, so this, this, is, this is what happened. And for the last 30 years, I've been following the synchronicity of my life and putting this information together and i've got a stream of books here i've just got a new one out the answer and i could never have written all those books in the time i have unless there was some other force at work you know if i if i if i'm sitting here just working with my conscious mind i mean you know i'd probably be on book three by now if i'm lucky yeah. uh, but some other force has been at work and this is the same force um, collectively that is seeking to wake up the human population. And what this an incredible ambassador you are. It's amazing. And I love your, I love your message. You, you, you always say to people, I'm not telling you what to think. I'm giving you the information. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't, you can't wake people up. You can put information um, before them everyone has to wake themselves up. That's how it works. Um, and so there are two forces. Uh, it's become so clear to me. There are two forces at work. Um, there's one, which is a, a force of balance and harmony and love and mm -hmm. compassion and empathy and all these things. And there's another force that's deeply imbalanced. It's still an expression of the whole, but it's in a deeply imbalanced, distorted state. And anyone that gets, if you like, taken over by it or influenced by it will, will start to express those traits. And this network um, that I've been exposing for decades, uh, a, a secret society network that I call the global cult, mm -hmm. um, the, the inner core members of this who are driving um, uh, uh, the direction of human society and, and I've actually been behind massively totally behind current events and the whole virus uh, pandemic hoax um, they are completely consumed by this uh, consciousness this imbalance the imbalanced is it like uh, you can refer to it as positive and negative or well, good and bad Kind of, but it gets it gets a bit uh, it, it gets uh, fused, really. Okay. You know, in the sense that you know, I, I have this um, this saying: life um, so often gives you your worst night or your your greatest gift, 
brilliantly disguised as your worst nightmare. So what we call negative things can actually be very, very positive. So it does get a bit uh, fused like that. Mm -hmm. But basically, uh, the extremes of this um, imbalanced consciousness uh, manifest as psychopaths and psychopathic behavior and empathy deleted behavior, etc. And and I've been uh, uh, referring to this in the books over the years, like a my uh, of the years, like a mind virus. Uh, and uh, you know, like um, if if you symbolize expanded levels of consciousness as a person sitting at the keyboard with the mouse, and you symbolize the um, the five sense level of our uh, perception awareness as the computer uh, it's uh, the, the 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 dynamic is exactly the same in principle as a virus a computer virus taking over the computer um, as it does so more and more completely the uh, the person at the keyboard is smacking the keys and banging the mouse but nothing's happening because now the um, the computer is reacting and being controlled by this uh, computer virus that's taken it over. And I was fascinated relatively recently after writing about this for years to come across um, a Native American concept. Um, one of the names they give to it is Watiko. Mm. And what they're describing is exactly what I've just described. Uh, they talk about the fact, and other cultures do too, it, under different names and different symbolism, uh, of, of how this Watiko imbalanced consciousness. I'll call it Watiko from now on. Um, it's a good name. I've, I've also heard you call it the perception deception, which I think is a great name as well. It creates the perception deception, yeah, along with much else. And it, it, it aims to um, get in that, um, that point between the five sense mind and expanded levels of consciousness to isolate our perceptions in the five senses, what I call the bubble. Um, and the, the idea of the whole thing in general is to isolate people's perception in the bubble and then program the bubble with all the control of information and media and Silicon Valley, etc., and education, what passes for it, to program a perception of that isolated uh, consciousness that suits this uh, agenda. And uh, another uh, part of this uh, Native American concept of Wutiko is that it creates a mind blindness in the sense that it convinces the conscious mind it's free thinking while actually um, putting it in a state of blindness and anything but free thinking. And I've noticed this very clearly in the last few weeks and current events where um, people will give their opinion on this pandemic hoax, uh, which of course at that point of observation, they don't see as a hoax. And um, they will say, this is my opinion on what's going on. Mm. And what they're doing word for word virtually is repeating the official story of what's going on. They are, it's this, um, I, I'm free thinking and I have um, concluded this when actually it's all coming through the subconscious, not least, to the conscious mind from official sources. And that's the thing about Watiko. Um, it operates in the subconscious uh, mind because once it's seen and acknowledged, its power's gone. It's the same principle as, you know, when they, they, they have an image and in the image is a subliminal insert Conscious mind won't see that. It will see the image. It won't see the subliminal insert. Subliminal meaning below threshold, below the threshold of the conscious yeah. mind. But, um, um, and I, I've experienced this. So I know it's true. When someone points out where the subliminal is, they're taking it out of the subconscious into the conscious. And every time from that moment on that you see that image, the subliminal you couldn't see before is the first thing you see. Uh, because it's, be it's become conscious. And it's the same with this Wutiko. Once it's operating uh, uh, um, in the subconscious, the conscious mind is thinking it's coming to its own conclusions and its own perceptions, but actually they're being filtered out of the subconscious into the conscious. Uh, and uh, once you acknowledge the existence of this um, influence, it 
comes into conscious awareness and, and ceases uh, to, um, to have its power. And um, it's fascinating that there is this concept, this basic concept I'm talking about, that, um, that you can find in cultures all over the world in, in different guises. It's, it's true. I can relate it to my own life when I was studying psychology and social systems. And I got a shock. I always thought I was raising my children from my own beliefs. But little did I know I actually was listening to the social system around me and they weren't my own beliefs. Yeah. It I've was been a shock. Saying, I've been saying for decades that um, the, 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 the stadium on, uh, on which this game is played or in which this game of uh, manipulating human society is played is human perception and even more importantly the human subconscious mind what they're doing all the time is putting um, perceptual programs into the subconscious mind and one of the um, one of the key ways they do it is simple repetition repetition is a, an amazing form of mind control because the, the the more that you repeat the same thing and then other people pick that up without questioning and repeat it and uh, uh, suddenly it, it fuses into an everyone knows that mate <clears throat> and once it becomes an everyone knows that mate anyone challenging that and <clears throat> questioning that um is instantly dismissed and that's ridiculous everyone knows that mate yeah. uh, and this is how this uh, this programming of human perception works because at the core of this global web you could get the inner circle in the same room. We're talking about a, a ridiculously few people, totally in the know, manipulating um, billions. Well, my goodness me, we've seen that in the last few weeks and months. Haven't uh, we? And, and so um, uh, you have to do that. You can only do that by manipulating perception uh, because from perception comes behavior. People agreed to be locked down or accepted being locked down because of their perceptions of the situation. Mm. Um, and so, hasn't it gone on for a long time? Yeah, uh, well, it's meant to go on for a long time. It, th this, is, this is not meant to be rolled Do you have any idea how long you think it's going to go on for? Indefinitely. Oh, yeah, indefinitely. The lockdown. Yeah, well, yeah, the control, the, the, the level of control and more. Because, you know, what, what places like Victoria and Melbourne are experiencing now in the winter of the Southern Hemisphere, mm. that's meant to be mirrored in the winter of the Northern Hemisphere very shortly. That's what, um, that's what this is all about. And, and again, the whole thing is founded on the manipulation of perception and particularly the subconscious mind. So what they've done is if they uh, went crazy and threw everything at you immediately, you know, back in March uh, and, um, and uh, April, uh, all the things they've introduced since, then there would have been pushback um, and uh, a, a lot more um, resistance would have been seen. But what they've done is introduce it incrementally. And this is, this is why um, when, because the, the, the figures of cases and the figures of deaths from COVID-19 yeah. are completely an utter nonsense, which I, I, I've shown very clearly in the answer. But, uh, you know, the, thank you for the, all that the, you do, by the way. The, the information is there to see yeah. that, that the figures are, 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 are an insult to the intelligence. Um, so, but, but even by their figures in the Northern Hemisphere, as we've gone into, into the, the summer, um, the figures of deaths have gone down. Uh, then there's reasons I explained for that. Um, but they've now introduced masks, mandatory masks, at a time when, the, when, the, when even their massive, well, 100% manipulated figures are going down. And people have asked, well, why is that? Why do we need them now? Why not, why not back in March and April if, if, if they were that important? Of course, they're yeah. useless. Masks are useless in, in stopping viral particles, even if you believe this virus, and I don't. Um, uh, and also, they're very dangerous to your health because you're breathing in your own carbon dioxide and not breathing in enough oxygen. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but they introduce them now because that, that's part of the script. And once they've introduced them, then they start expanding them. 
So in Britain, we went from, uh, we're, we're going to have them on public transport. Okay. And then soon afterwards, oh, we're going to have them in shops now. Soon afterwards, very soon afterwards in this case, well, we're going to have them in, 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 in all buildings now. Um, and now the, the World Health Organization, which is completely owned by uh, Bill Gates on behalf of this global network of which he is a, a global agent. The man, the man uh, you know, uh, if I call him evil, it might be a, a problem because evil might sue for defamation of character. Um, but the, 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 um, the situation now from the World Health Organization is more and more people uh, must wear masks, younger and younger kids, yeah. uh, who even by the ludicrous figures are, are, are untouched by this uh, so-called virus. And so it's not about health, never was, nothing to do with health. It's all being run by psychologists. This, this is who's deciding on these things. Uh, in Britain, staggeringly, and you know, almost every person in Britain won't know, the British government's uh, cabinet office, which is supposed to serve the British cabinet, um, half owns a private company operating out of the cabinet office called the Behavioral Insights Team, also known as the Nudge Unit. And it is peopled by psychologists, um, expert in manipulating uh, behavior and behavior modification. Uh, and what we've seen in these months, of course, all around the world, because these uh, um, behavioral manipulation units operate all around the world, is a, a dramatic uh, rewiring of human behavior and uh, a psychological war against the psychology of kids and the young uh, because they are transforming human society by transforming human psychology. And so um, if you look at something like the mask, what they have is a conscious mind excuse for it but the real reason is subconscious and its effect on the subconscious mind. So the conscious mind reason they give you is it's to protect you from the virus. Mm -hmm. um, you know, on my website, you'll find 50, 60 um, scientific studies from around the world saying, A, wearing masks in this uh, sense are useless. And two, it's very dangerous to your health. And of course, as more and more people develop respiratory consequences for wearing a mask and breathing in their own carbon dioxide, um, the bacteria building up uh, in the mask and um, uh, not breathing in enough oxygen, they're going to call that COVID-19. This is the scam. Uh, and, but if you look at the subconscious uh, aspect of the masks, first of all, it is a symbol. And this is an important point to make. The language of the subconscious is symbols, symbolism. That's why we have symbolic dreams overwhelmingly rather than literal ones. It's why this cult and its satanic and secret society expressions have this whole language of symbolism. I mean, you know, the most famous one is the pyramid and all seeing eye on the dollar bill and the uh, great seal of the United States, reverse of the great seal. Uh, but they have a whole language of symbolisms uh, and symbols, which I've, uh, I've uh, detailed in my books over the years. And the symbolism, uh, which impacts upon the perception of the subconscious of masks, is subjugation, submission. It's um, the obvious symbolism of um, silencing, uh, but oh, it's gosh. also deleting individuality. Well, I, I, it's so I, obvious, isn't it? When you yeah, point it out, like, when you talk about it like that. Exactly. I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I won't wear a mask. I'll go, I'll go to jail first. But you might you, have when, to wear a mask in jail. Yeah, well, well, they're going to have a problem doing that <laughs> as well. Um, so anyway, um, when I, when I, you know, go through the streets or stuff around where I live, um, everyone looks the same. You know, uh, you, you pass people in the street, you don't reala realize you've passed someone you know. When you're communicating with someone in a mask, I mean, there's this, this, this a mask language now, which, the, which you have to um, get your ear around because, you know, 
lip uh, uh, reading, which is you uh -huh. realize when you are surrounded by people in masks, how much actually the movement of the lips is aiding your understanding of what they're saying. So you have this mumble mask language uh, and, and it's deleting individuality. And all this is impacting upon the subconscious mind, which then becomes uh, the conscious behavior. So forcing masks on children, young children um, all day, forcing them, uh, I mean, what is that? Well, two things. First of all, um, the masks and the unsocial distancing is saying psychologically and subconsciously, humans are dangerous. Your fellow humans are dangerous. You are a danger to them. They are a danger to you. And it's pushing people uh, apart. And then when you realize, you know, the Black Lives Matter organization in America is a 100% created and owned um, front for the, uh, the 1%, um, you see why that's being used to do what? To drive people apart. Mm. Uh, and, and, and if, if there's a few of you and you've got to control, you want to control the many, because that's how disturbed you are, then you've got to divide and rule the many. Um, uh, otherwise, if you don't divide them, if they, if they come at you in unity of understanding of what they're dealing with, you've got absolutely um, uh, no chance. Uh, and so when you, um, when you look at these um, impositions uh, that have transformed human society, they're nothing to do with um, with health they to do with psychology so what they do in it, uh, what they've done in britain um outrageously is they've said okay well we'll have these flying channels where you can go on holiday in spain or this country or trinidad and what have you and then when the people get there the government somebody announced oh no 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 there's been a rise in cases in spain You've got to uh, get back immediately, buying new tickets at a massive cost. Um, otherwise, when you get back, if you, don't, if you don't get back by now, by this date, you've got to uh, go into quarantine for 14 days. They've mm. done it in, uh, about country after country, and they're increasing all the time. This is nothing to do with, um, with health. It's to do with constant upheaval, constant um, chaos which is all about psychologically controlling the people. And uh, this, um, this extraordinary man um, in, um, in Victoria, Daniel Andrews, um, he is a vehicle for this whole stuff. But um, what he's imposing in Victoria- Australia? There's nothing less, yeah, in Australia, yeah. yeah, nothing less than fascism. Um, because, you know, people get this idea about fascism, that, that it's uh, people um, in jackboots goose-stepping down the street and people with stupid uh, moustaches. <laughs> but that was just the way it expressed itself. Fascism is the imposition of authority uh, on, uh, to delete the freedoms of the population down to fine detail. That's why uh, what, we're, what we're seeing around the world is fascism. Uh, and it's only possible because of another psychological um, program. And if people delete this program, this stuff will end in a ridiculously short time. And that program is to psychologically convince the population that authority has power so what what you had with the the uh, um, you you have uh, in australia with the fierce lockdowns um was two groups of people basically that agreed to it because i was going out when i liked I, I'm, I'm not having it i knew it was a nonsense uh, almost from the start that they made it up the evidence now is just tidal wave in in volume uh, that they've done that but a great majority agreed to be locked down. They thought for a short time. For their own safety. Part of the psychology. 
Uh, don't tell them how long it's going to be or you're going to get pushed back. Tell them it's always only, it's only to, to flatten the curve. You know, it's all psychology. Uh, and they agreed to be locked down because they had perceptually accepted that authority was telling them the truth about a deadly virus. It wasn't. Uh, and then another group of people, another large, quite a large group of people, also accepted lockdown, house arrest. Not because they didn't think, well, I, I'm not sure they're telling us the truth here, but it was out of fear of not obeying authority. So that the foundation of the few controlling the many psychologically is the perception of the many that authority has power. It does not. That's what they're terrified of people realizing. The power, the perceived power, the illusion of power that um, authority appears to have is simply the acquiescence of the population. The acquiescence of the population, which involves the population giving their power to authority, who then recycle it back. And because as it recycles back, the population thinks the authority has power. They haven't sussed, many have, mm. but the majority, the vast majority haven't sussed that the power that's being imposed upon them by authority is the power they've given to authority. So um, a few weeks ago, we had um, thousands of people in Britain heading for the beaches. Uh, and there were so many people heading for the beaches, really hot period, um, that um, social distancing, on social distancing was impossible. It's too many people. So they're all sitting together on the beach like they used to. And the local authority declared a major incident. Yeah, okay, well, that's good. That makes you feel good. That makes you feel powerful. So um, what are you going to do about it? Well, what can we do about it? There's thousands of people on the beach and they're not obeying. What can we do? Exactly, exactly. And if, if the same uh, situation was um, seen with these masks, which are seriously damaging cumulatively human health, the health of the kids, um, it would be unenforceable. Mm. Look how many shops and buildings there are that you're supposed to wear masks in. Look at how many members of the population there are that operate in those places. And then look at the number of police officers. I mean, it's unenforceable. But um, if you get the vast majority to acquiesce and a tiny few challenge, then that numbers dynamic changes. And it, it can be enforced because you're dealing with so few people comparatively. But if people in much larger numbers said, we're not doing it, where's the power of authority? What would happen if this Daniel Andrews, when he stopped reading Mein Kampf, um, <laughs> uh, 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 announced this is what's going to happen, what's happening in Melbourne now, and, and a, a significant number of the population said, not doing it, not doing it. People are afraid, though. They're afraid. This is it. Um, and that's why I said there's that group that agreed to lockdown that realized something weren't right, but they were in fear of the consequences. And, and, and this is, um, well, it's two things to this. One, um, it's meant to get more and more severe, not less. Really? And every time... Um, they, they, they introduce something else, another level of it, and they don't get pushback, then they just keep walking and they go to the next thing, which is more extreme. Been trying to get this across since March, uh, that, that, that this is the game. And, and all we've seen is that happening. More and more se severe things happening. Uh, and like I say, when, when the Northern Hemisphere goes into winter, it's going to be hysteria. Every cough, sniffle, pneumonia, uh, uh, flu, uh, virtually is going to be uh, COVID-19, something that's never been isolated, purified and shown to exist staggeringly, not by one scientific study anywhere in the world. Um, and we have a, a, a test called the RT-PCR test, which is uh, deciding, the authorities say, who has been infected and who hasn't. There's not even, not even testing for the virus. An RT-PCR test invented by a guy uh, called Kerry Mullis in the 1980s, got Nobel Prize for it, 
who said this test must not be used to diagnose infectious disease. That's the man who created it. And that's what they're using it for. Yeah. Um, and I, I put a video on the internet um, yesterday um, where I'm, I'm looking at um, a new development whereby it's been identified that um, part of what this um, RT-PCR test is testing for is a genetic code found in every human body. Quite naturally, it's not a virus, not an illness, in every human body. And it, it operates in something or is in, included in something called chromosome eight. So when you have a test, testing for a, a code that's found in every body, because that's part of the, the genetic structure of the body, well, you're gonna get uh, the test saying positive when they're not ill at all. And this is why 85% plus gathering of people that test positive have no symptoms. They have no symptoms because nothing wrong with them. But every time you have this test, not testing for the virus, ping positive, um, and all the other manipulation of the figures that goes with it, they say, oh, we've got more cases, therefore we have to have lockdowns around the world, uh, more of them. But if you invert it, and this is the thing, you know, if we go back to this consciousness, if you think of balance and harmony, which, which expresses itself as truth and integrity, and then invert it, because basically this Watiko is an inversion mm -hmm. of that. And therefore, everywhere that this Watiko consciousness expresses itself, you'll find inversion. Uh, this is what I've been saying for years. If you take what the authorities are telling you and invert it, you're going to be far, far closer to the truth of what's happening than, than believing what they're telling you. So we have this um, inversion in relation to the cases. Okay. Um, the official, if you, if you accept the, um, the idea there's a virus, um, the official estimate, and this is some weeks ago, it will be a lot less now for reasons I'm going to come to, um, from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in America, the CDC, was that if you're under 70, the ratio of going from infection to fatality is 0.004%. And if you include over 70s, then um, it's still... 0.26%, but it's going to be far less even than that now for reasons I'm, I'm going to come to. So every time someone tests positive for a test, not testing for the virus, but let's say it is, tests positive and has no symptoms, doesn't go to hospital and doesn't die, then the authorities and the health authorities should be punching the air because everyone who uh, gets it and has no um, ill health is another um, confirmation that it's not deadly as we were told it was. And every time you have a new test with no symptoms, that um, ratio of infection to fatality gets um, smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. But instead, inversion, they're saying that people testing positive with a test not testing for the virus and have no symptoms is a bad thing. It's another case. Ah, And if you're the population that gets its information, from the mainstream media, the BBC, CNN, and all this stuff around the world, then you're not, you're not going to have sussed this unless, unless you take control of your own mind and ask some questions and observe the obvious. You're just going to believe what you're told. Do you know, I was reading this morning of a survey in America, I think it was in America, that um, found that a, a, a large number of people believe that um, millions and millions and millions of people have died from this, quote, virus in America, and that millions of, of people have died from it in the UK, 
and they haven't. They they were overestimating, even the official death figures, um, which are defraudulent, by hundreds and hundreds of percent. And this was all from the manipulation of their perception. Because, you know, I, I, I say to people, I've said it so many times in the last few months, when I meet people, do you know anybody who's had this virus? No. Do you know anyone who knows anyone who's had this virus? I don't either. No, of course. And, and then when the odd person says, oh yeah, I know, you know, so-and-so died of it. And you say, you, you say well, well, they didn't because COVID-19 is a fantasy. So tell me the story of how they died in the background to it. And they tell you the story and they clearly died of something else. Pre-existing condition. This is, this is what they're doing. Um, if you test positive for a test not testing for the virus, whatever you die of from then on, COVID-19 goes on the death certificate. We've had people literally hit by buses. We've had people uh, die in um, motorcycle accidents. COVID-19 has gone on the death certificate for no other reason than they tested positive for a test not testing for the virus. This is why the World Health Organization and the medical governmental uh, authorities around the world are saying the way to so solve this crisis, test, 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 you must get tested. Because they know, the inner core does, that the more you test, the more fake positives you're gonna get and the more you can say, we must impose more fascism because we've got more cases. My hometown of Leicester in the English Midlands was, was, was getting on fine. Um, uh, and it had one testing center. They then introduced another seven and the numbers went up of positive cases. And they said, oh, 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 terrible. You're a They're funny guy, David Hike. <laughs> so they locked down Leicester. And they locked down Leicester again. My brother still lives there. Um, on the basis of increasing the number of people tested. And of course, the people tested positive had no symptoms. Mm -hmm. So it's a scam and we come back to it. The whole scam is, is a manipulation of psychology. It, uh, I'll give you a quote from Henry Kissinger, um, who spent a lifetime uh, manipulating from the shadows. Um, it's not what is true that counts. It's what you can get people to believe is true. And that sums up what's happening now. And indeed, human life in general. Fantastic quote. But I have to ask you, is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Is the imbalance going to balance itself out? Well, um, I will answer that with a question. Um, how long are you going to acquiesce to the illusion of the power of authority? And when are you actually going to say enough is enough? here and no further and then we're going to roll it back because that will answer whether there's a light in the end of the tunnel or not because you know you can look at a situation and you can say uh, how do we solve this problem we don't have to solve the problem we have to remove the cause of it and the cause of the problem the cause of everything that's going on now um, is human acquiescence to the illusion of the power of authority and this is basically how it works. You, you've got this um, inner circle of the cult, what I call the spider, uh, which, which is uh, hidden in the shadows and it's driving the agenda. This is why all these uh, different countries around the world have reacted to this uh, virus in the same way, centrally coordinated. So if you think of a pyramid, and at the top of the pyramid, you've got this, um, this inner circle cult that virtually no one in the world, uh, a tiny number in the world, actually realize exists. And then you've got the hierarchy of human society in this pyramid. And so the, the inner circle of the cult impose its agenda for the world on the level below them which then acquiesces to that imposition and imposes it on the level below them. And very soon as you come down from that peak, 
you hit levels of the human hierarchy uh, nationally and internationally who don't even know there's a cult. They don't even know there's an agenda. Uh, but they just know that the level above them imposes on them and they then impose it um, on the level below, having acquiesced to the level above. So it comes down uh, in this very simple process of imposition, acquiescence, imposition, acquiescence, imposition, acquiescence. And then eventually at the bottom of the pyramid, symbolically, you meet the human population. And if we acquiesce to that level of the pyramid that's imposing upon us, like governments, government officials, police, all this stuff, then we complete a circuit. We complete a circuit of imposition and acquiescence that connects the top of the pyramid, which no one virtually knows exists. And we connect that to the human population. And what that circuit completion means is a tiny few at the top of the pyramid have imposed their will on the entirety of the human population. And that's exactly what we've seen very clearly in front of our eyes in the last uh, few months. So if we're going to break that circuit and bring this game to an end, we can do it in days by this breaking this circuit of acquiescence and imposition. There's billions of the human population, the people imposing at its core, you could get in a room. Yeah, you can get in a room. So it's this imposition acquiescence that allows this tiny few people to impose its will and, and, and the direction of the world upon billions. And the only way you're going to do that is by controlling the perceptions of the billions uh, overwhelmingly. And you do that by controlling information. Uh, information from whatever source and for whatever kind, including personal experience, forms our perceptions. And from our perceptions comes our behavior. So the key is controlling information. And that's why um, I've been banned from YouTube uh, and uh, Facebook, Facebook and yeah. goodness knows where else, because um, that happened, that frenzy of uh, censorship. For public safety. The moment, yeah, public, public safety, yeah. Sa safety of the cult agenda, that's what it really was. But it was when I said there is no virus and explained the, the, the evidence to support that, that's when they went crazy, because that's what they don't want people to know. You know, they, they, they had this uh, whole uh, idea in Nazi Germany, uh, it, which was all based again on psychology, Joseph Goebbels and all these people, um, of the bigger the lie, the more people will believe it. Because people will accept that authorities lie to you. But something like this, a global pandemic, because of a virus that doesn't exist, no, mate. <laughs> they, could, they could never pull that off. Well, I've got it on my website, davidite.com. And for everyone that's listening, sorry, all David's information will be in the show notes as well, all the links. Yeah, there's a 16-minute animated film that I've done, which explains how they pulled it off and the structure through which they pulled it off. But it's the big whoppers that people say, oh, no, oh, yeah, of course they lie, but they don't lie that much. Well, they do, because they know the, 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 the big lies are so ridiculous and fantastic uh, that people will just wave away any idea that that's what's happened, what has happened, and it's uh, transformed human society. And, uh, you know, the reason that they're banning, um, again, there's a, an official reason, oh, stop the spread of the virus. Um, they're banning uh, gatherings, except very, very small numbers, because they don't want people to gather because they don't want a momentum. Mm -hmm. And the reason that they are being so um, uh, fascistic against people in places like Australia and Victoria, who, who, who won't accept the, uh, the rules, is because it's, it's, it's a, 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 um, a warning to the others. This is what happens if you don't do as you're told. Uh, and because and when uh, people set an example 
of I'm not acquiescing and others see that, then they start not acquiescing and suddenly you start a momentum and that momentum reaches a point where people look and they say, authority has no power, does it? When we say no, this is what I talk about, the power of no will bring an end to this. Simple as that. No need to protest even. Certainly no need to fight anyone with violence. The power of no. Wear a mask, no. Socially distance, no. Stay at home, no. I, I, <laughs> I agree. I just want to ask you, and you've made it very clear about the spider, um, and all this is about power, but why? What, what are they achieving from, from gaining power of all the masses? What, what, what does it do for them? Well, this is, this is, a, this is a, a big story. I, I, oh. I, I explain it in the answer. Okay. I, oh, I, well, then we can just briefly talk about your book if you wanted to talk about uh, your book, your the, new one. What, yeah, what, what I would say, um, well, the answer to this is in the book. Um, by the book is whether people want uh, you know will will we'll say yeah we, we're going to do this because the answer's there no I, I, but um, no, when i say it's a big story i mean it's a big story in uh, in the time we have but i would just say that um where we are now is not it it's just an uh, another step towards it uh because what we're dealing with um is the takeover of human society by expressions of this Watiko mind virus. Um, and it has an agenda. Um, in other words, that which it, it controls has an agenda, which is this cult. Um, and uh, that is to, um, in, in not decades from now, nothing like, uh, to connect the human brain and body to artificial intelligence. So artificial intelligence replaces the human mind. Now, that's not me sitting in a darkened room pulling stuff out of the ether. I'm quoting um, significant figures in Silicon Valley, that that's what's going to happen. Just look at the quotes. I include them in the answer of uh, Ray Kurzweil, the so-called futurist, um, who's an executive of Google. He's saying, you know, by 2030, the, the connection of AI to the human brain will, will be underway. And um, at, at once it's started, uh, more and more of human thinking uh, will be done by AI until human thinking as we know it now will be negligible. And, and the reason that being open about it, and I've been writing for decades that this was the plan, is because it, you reach a point where you can't, operate under the radar anymore. That's why, that's why it, they've come out in the open. Basically, uh, what I've been exposing for 30 years uh, for its um, uh, manipulating from the shadows, it's just entered the room where we can see it. And it has to, for this reason. If you're, if you're working um, and manipulating under the radar to transform human society, then there has to come a point where you transform human society. You're not just, you know, working towards it. You are now playing it out. And that's where we are. And at that point, you're no longer able to hide the agenda. So what you do is you move to the stage of selling the agenda. So as they move closer and closer, it's happening by the hour to connecting the human uh, uh, brain to um, artificial intelligence, they've moved from hiding it, can't now, to selling it. And the, the sales pitch of people like Kurzweil is um, it will make you superhuman. You'll be like the gods, when actually the idea is to make you post-human and uh, nothing more than a computer terminal on the, uh, the internet of this uh, cult. Uh, and uh, you know, every day something else comes out that's taken them further along that, that road because now they're really rolling it out. Uh, and uh, so the control is that we're seeing now 
is not an end in itself. It's a part of a process leading to an even more uh, dystopian society. And this is why I say to people, I, I, know, I, know, it's, I know it's hard, you know, um, and frightening to say no to authority. But of course, if, if a few people do it, there'll be consequences. If a lot of people do it, there won't be consequences because they can't, they can't stop uh, the numbers. But I would just say, if you think it's bad now, and you, you won't acquiesce, uh, or you won't not stop acquiescing, then just think what it's gonna be like for your kids and your grandkids. First of all, um, the education system has always been a programming, a perceptual programming system, that's what it's there for. It's what people like J.D. Rockefeller uh, created it for. Um, but when um, children are now going to school in this new normal, the level of programming and rewiring their psyche is going to be off the, off the Richter scale. Um, and they're the ones that are being prepared perceptually to accept the extremes that are coming of um, AI control of everything. Uh, and so look them in the eye, look your grandkids in the eye and, and, tell them that you're too frightened not to acquiesce. Uh, 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 so that's what we're, we are looking at. You know, what they do, like I say, they do this, um, this sequence of incrementally introducing things. They get you used to them, then they introduce something new. Uh, and in each one, it's like, get them used to it. Uh, new normal and then we'll go on to the next thing so where we are now is only where we are now it's not where they're meant to go so at what point people are you going to summon the courage uh, to say um, here and no further and now we're going to roll it back because if we don't it's just going to get more and more extreme and you know I'm, I'm 68 um, I, I, you're still young yeah, it, I am. I, I'm, I've never felt fitter and more healthy in my life. Uh, must be the virus. Uh, and, um, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to be uh, here um, when young kids today are, you know, um, adults. Um, so, you know, I do what I do because I, I, I can see what's coming. You know, I, I, can, I can see the truck out of control and I can see people about to step in front of it because they can't see it. Uh, and um, the only way we're going to stop this is to open our minds to see it. I mean, it's, I mean I, you can't see it now. And once having seen it, cease to acquiesce with it. And when we do that, it's game over, but not until. What a beautiful message. Just on a final note, I just wanted to ask you, you do, you do all this research and you dealing with all this, I won't call it darkness, but imbalance. Do you ever get depressed or upset about the way that the world's going? I mean, you're a very positive person, but it must be all consuming at times. Yeah, it can, it, it can be, but it's very short. And then you move on. It's very short and, and you, you, you stand up. Well, a lot of people wanted me today. Um, you stand up uh, and um, and you get on with it. Yeah. You know, it, it, the last thing we need to be is victims. Oh, poor me and all that stuff. You get up and you get on with it. Uh, and uh, we have the numbers. What we don't have yet is the level of um, non-acquiescence that is necessary to bring this uh, to an end very quickly, very quickly. That's what we're working on. And yes, you get down, you get, you, oh, no. Um, but then you get up and you get on with it. Uh, and, uh, you know, we are consciousness. We are an, an infinite expression of consciousness having a brief experience called human. Uh, we are a, an expression of all there is, or all that is, has been, and ever can be. We're on an eternal journey of exploring forever, forever, and all the different dimensions and all the different realities uh, which we are helping to create. Um, so um, what, 
happens um, in a tiny experience in a ludicrously narrow band of frequency we call the human world um, takes on another perspective when you come from that direction. Uh, and it takes on a completely uh, different um, perception when you're thinking of, do I have the courage to say no? I'm all that is, has been, and ever can be. And, and I haven't got the courage to say no to tyranny. You must be joking. No, no, no. Eee, have some of that. I'm not doing it. Uh, but when, when you um, are self-identifying with what I call label me, you, you're, you're self-identifying who you are with the labels of human society, what I call the IMRs, then authority can seem all-powerful, all all-consuming, all-omnipotent. But when you, when you, when you self-identify with not being the labels, but with, with the consciousness, um, potentially infinite in nature, that he's having the experience we call the labels, briefly experiencing those labels, then um, the, the power and intimidation of authority just, just disappears on the wind. Uh, so it's, it's not just about summoning the courage on the level of the human label me. It's also about realizing the true nature of the I, and that uh, that I um, is not uh, David Icke or Ethel Jones or Bill down the call center. It's the consciousness that's having that experience. And if we um, re-self-identify the I, from I am my labels to I am the consciousness having the experience called the labels, then um, everything changes. And the, the power of authority um, can be seen for what it is, illusory. Mm. Well, it's, I have to say thank you for everything that you're doing and what an incredible ambassador you are for spreading knowledge and light around the world, Mr. David Icke. Thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. It's been such a passionate delight for me and I'm yeah, sure for our audience as well. Real pleasure for me. And I love the colour of your top. Oh, same as, <laughs> same as mine. <laughs> um, elderly men at 68 shouldn't wear pink. It's too <laughs> <different>. <laughs> Off your knees, Australia. Come on, <laughs> let's go. Thank you so much, David. I've loved it. Bye. Bye. That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.